0: Welcome to Leadership 2020. I'm Claire Carpenter. So I'm joined this afternoon by Sue McMillan, the COO with Mumsnet. Sue, thanks for joining me this afternoon. So our subject this afternoon is thinking about um, what we can do as business leaders to encourage a better representation of women, in particular in senior leadership roles in our businesses. So it's a huge subject, and one I know there's been lots of research around, one there's lots of discussion around, starting um, from a very broad point of view. What sort of opinions do you have on that? I think it's a huge issue. I think if you look
1: at the gender pay gap reporting that happened for the first time earlier this year... There were very few organisations who did not say the reason why we have a gender pay gap is because we have too few women in senior management positions, middle management positions within our organisation. I think if you look at FTSE 100, FTSE 250 companies, it's widely recognised that there is a problem here. There are not enough women CEOs, there are not enough women on the executive committees, there are not enough women on boards. And I don't think it's a nice-to-have. I think it's absolutely critical that there are women in leadership positions in our organizations and businesses. And it's right, both from an equality point of view, but even more from from a business point of view. We know that organizations that are more diverse are able to achieve higher sales. We know they're able to attract more customers. We know they're able to attract gains in market share. We know they're more innovative, and we know they're better at solving complex problems. So I feel very passionate about this issue and and feel it's something that we're not doing well enough on at the moment. And from Mumsnet's point of view, we are trying to do what we can to help companies tackle it. So we have very recently just launched a new Leadership Accelerator program. Which I can summarize in one line with it being about trying to help companies reduce their gender pay gap using funds from their apprenticeship levy. So it is something that both will provide very high quality leadership and management training. ...to women who have returned from maternity leave or from a career break. It will provide a, what we're calling kind of masterclasses. So it gets them together with other people from the same cohort as them... ...to discuss some of the issues that we know returning mums face. So things like, how do you achieve work-life balance? How do you continue to do effective negotiation... ...when you have less time to go out of an evening? And then the third element of what the Leadership Accelerator program does is it provides dedicated one-to-one coaching on a on a fortnightly basis for everyone involved in it. And I think that's really critical because I think what happens quite often when we're talking about women returning to the workplace after having children is we assume that everybody has the same issues and they don't. So some women struggle, a lot of women struggle with confidence, but not every woman struggles with confidence. Some women face different challenges. And what the coaching element of our program does is allow each woman to work through with their own personal coach what the particular issues that they're facing at that point in their journey are. So we're quite excited about it. And we've got a lot, we're talking to a lot of companies about it. And I do think it's genuinely something that will help companies tackle. It's not the whole answer, but I think it's something that will help companies tackle this issue around getting more women into to management positions. Because I think, really, if you look at the gender pay gap reporting, many companies do not have a gender pay gap with men and women in their 20s, it's from the 30s onwards. And you'd have to be rocket science to work out that's got something to do with having children.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it? There's quite a lot of research into what motivates an individual to move roles earlier on in their career. And the research that I've looked at shows us that actually in your 20s, the men and the women that have been um, surveyed Both expect to be paid equally for the work that they do. There's an expectation from from women in that age group that, of course, they would be paid the same. There's not really a difference there in terms of what they think is going to happen to them. So you think then it's around the sort of childcare issues and the returners to work. Is that where the problem starts, do you think, in terms of representation?
1: There's this thing called the leaky pipeline, which Mm. looks at junior levels, mid-levels and senior levels. And the representation at the junior levels is 50-50. At mid-levels of management, it's 70-30. And at senior levels of management, you're talking at 90-10. So it's no wonder really that you end up with not enough women on boards and not enough women CEOs and not enough women in executive committee. And when you dig into the figures, you find it is largely people in their 30s that you lose. You know, and some women, you know, they want to... step back from work in their in their 30s and you know that's absolutely everyone's personal right to choose if they want to you know if some people want to take time out to spend with their with their family but what we see on mum's there is is heartbreaking stories of people who didn't want to leave the workplace who wanted to continue at the same pace that they had been working in their 20s but just literally could not make it work either because they weren't given the flexibility that they need childcare costs were not high enough to justify going back to work or they couldn't put in the extra hours that we needed to get the promotion to get to that next level so Mm. there are so many structural issues we believe that kind of start and end with parenting that it deserves a really big focus
0: so given all of the benefits that you talked about earlier of having a more diverse senior leadership team why aren't organizations doing more to address this i
1: think they are i think some are you know i think because you don't see the end results being 50-50 CEOs and 50-50 at that senior management level, I don't think it means people aren't doing things. I think it's really, really hard. And I think it's getting better in, in lots of organisations. But I think it's almost something that everybody has to be bought into from senior levels all the way down and it's something that needs a constant focus so we did a piece of work a few years ago now some an executive search firm approached us and said they were working with a human resources director so very very senior people within very large companies who were saying What's going on? We've told our staff that they've got to have flexibility. We, you know, we know we need women that have had children to come back into the workplace or to not leave the work in the workplace. We've told all our hiring managers that we're open to flexibility. But for some reason, it's just not appearing in the job ads or you know in the brief that goes to to recruiters you can't just issue a policy and expect it to be Im- implemented i think people in hr know this but it's it's an you know an unrelenting thing you need to be focused on the whole time i still see it you know a mum's net with our with our hiring managers when you need a job done quickly your instinct is to say, no, it has to be five days a week. And then you have a conversation and you say, does it need to be five days a week? What if we did this? What if we did that? And once you start to break that conversation down and, and think about it a bit more. But I think it's something that needs a huge, huge focus. And that's not quite there yet within organisations. I think they've started to understand it. And I think you'll see far more of it over the next five to 10 years. And I think gender pay gap reporting is a, is a very important impetus for that and is a, is a great thing. But we're not there yet.
0: Do you think that women could do more to help themselves with this?
1: Hmm, I'm reluctant to say yes to that question, because I think, you know, we we see a lot of fix the women rather than fix the organisation. I think yes, but I think there's more that could be done on, on the organisation side of things. And I think from a kind of what I would say as advice to women thinking about this, it's quite interesting the difference in Perception and reality. So there's been a lot of research done that's shown that women in their 20s are kind of nervous about getting on that leadership management track because what they see in women who've reached the, that pinnacle is super women. Mm. And they say to themselves, well, I'm not capable of, of that you know, they, 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 they obviously don't see their family and I don't want that. And really, you know, if you're a young woman in your 20s, the chance of you interacting with a woman in their late 40s, early 50s, who's made that senior level to understand the reality is quite rare. So let me tell you the reality from my conversations with them is that for all of those women, none of them would claim to be superwomen. The women who are doing it either have a lot of help and family, a partner, a husband who stays at home, parents who live close by, being in a financial position to be able to afford, you know, high quality round the clock childcare. But also another interesting thing, we discovered some research recently, actually for senior women, they reported as finding balancing a family... Less hard than people at the middle management layer. So, for a, if you're a senior manager in an organisation, there's actually a lot. You have a lot of autonomy and a lot less scrutiny of where you are every minute of every day so actually we found women in the most senior positions were like well they just weren't in the office and no one asked a the question they were at the school play they were at the sports day or the emergency childcare situation that had arisen and actually there was the women in the middle manager positions that didn't feel they could ask their line manager for that that were struggling more than the senior so I think yes I think to answer your question I think the only thing would be don't assume that what you think you see is actually what's going on and maybe try and have a conversation with women who Have made it into those senior management positions because I think you might find the reality is quite different to what you
0: thought it was. Yeah, it's good advice. And I think there are some mentoring programs out there which will help to support that, aren't there? Where there's more access for aspiring female leaders to actually have those conversations. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to fix the organization, I think, you know, encouraging organizations to put those programs in place. Although, again, I've seen the challenge about mentoring versus sponsoring. So this idea that women look for mentors, men ask for sponsors. Oh. And uh, somebody encapsulated it brilliantly the other day when they said, mentoring is talking to you, sponsoring is talking about you. So actually don't ask for a mentor, ask for a sponsor. Ask for someone that sees your value, your talent, your worth, and will go around the organization and promote you and say to other people, have you thought about it? Promoting this person. Have you thought about asking this person to join your team? But I think, yes, anything that organisations can do to support those kind of schemes and programmes do pay off in terms of encouraging women to go for those more senior positions within an organisation.
0: What's your view on whether or not aspiring women feel they need to change themselves in regard to the softer side of their personality in order to be successful at board level?
1: I think they undoubtedly, some do. But again, I feel we're getting... More sophisticated are our thinking on this these days. I think there's a recognition that we all have in our head some unconscious biases and one of those biases is because of stories we've grown up with and media all around us all the time. You have a picture in your head of the heroic leadership style, the man who goes and makes a big speech and inspires people to take action and I think quite often women look at that model and think that's how you have to be in order to be a leader but actually what we're learning more and more these days is that what our organization needs are collaboration inclusion. I'm hesitant to call those skills that are only held by women because I don't actually believe there are many instinctively male or female innate skills I think socialization has a huge amount to do with this but I do think women are more likely to put themselves forward if they can see leadership as being about collaboration because they that's not as much of an advance to get to because I think instinctively because of socialization they've understood how to achieve those things and it feels like less of a jump to get to than a than those kind of big, heroic, inspiring leadership models, which women are more than capable of. Yeah. But I think there's that, again, um, because of the way we're brought up and socialised, there's a confidence, there is a confidence issue in some women. I mean, they don't go for the roles that they are more than capable of. You know, you see the research that shows that women need to see eighty to ninety percent of things on a on a job description and think they can do it, whereas men think my forty percent I'll might as well have a punt and apply for it, so you know I think. It's important that women understand that you don't need to be a, that specific type of, of leader and, and to understand the full gambit of management and leadership
0: skills. I'm thinking about how, over time, this might change. Is there anything that we could be doing, do you think, from a social point of view, even with girls at school now, young girls at school, to help them think differently about their futures as they enter the workplace?
1: Yeah, and I think that, I think that is happening to a degree. But undoubtedly... <laughs> You know, I think it's all very well telling girls at school, you know, you should aim for the stars and there's nothing holding you back and, and leadership is, is for women as well as it is for men. And we should absolutely be doing that. But I think going back to what I was saying earlier, you have to have the tools to be able to enable them, to help them at that point at which it becomes hard. And I think that's largely around, around parenting and be that about... You know shared parental leave and and i think this will change over time i think as time goes on more and more you know i'm already starting to see at a very minuscule level more and more men saying actually i could take some of the parental leave and and allow my wife or partner to go back to work at the point at which we've had children but also you know making sure flexibility is there making sure they're encouraged into leadership and management roles so Yes, I I think it's important to do that. But I I think unless you're doing the work to actually tackle what the practicalities of doing that inspirational talk at the beginning, you're going to get an expectations mismanagement. So
0: So just thinking about your advice to organisations who would like to do more to champion female leaders and also to aspiring female leaders, what sort of things should we be focusing on at the moment? I think
1: definitely role modelling and people that have, women that have made it into senior management positions, talking to, mentoring, sponsoring, coaching women who aren't there yet and talking to them about the realities of life and that they aren't superhuman that they everybody has their ways of managing all of the different priorities and competing priorities and pressures on their time i think that's absolutely critical i think setting targets for what you want to achieve is a really critical bit for any organisation to do measuring your pipeline at every single aspect and you know judging yourself against how you're doing those targets overall is critical. Working with your line managers to ensure there's no unconscious bias going on, uh, interviews and selection processes, making sure women are represented on your shortlist and your selection panels. There's lots of different different things that I think people are talking about and, and, and trying to fix because I think this has been identified as a, as a really key area. But I think understanding the business case for it, Understanding the importance of diversity for your organization is where it all starts. And then everything else that you then have to invest in and put resource into. And as I say, continually focus on it, making it happen. You can't just announce an initiative and just hope for the best. You have to actually work at it day after day after day. It's the critical thing, really, and understand why you're doing it. Get buy-in from the most senior part of your organization and the most junior part of your organisation. I think a lot of companies think once they have the CEO on board, that's it, they've cracked it. But actually you need to be making that case day in, day out to everybody in the organisation so they continue to focus on it. Um, I think they would be my major tips. And come and talk to Mumsnet because we can help you with it. We have our Leadership Accelerator programme to help organisations reduce their gender pay gap using the funds from their apprenticeship levy. So yeah, we'd be happy to
0: help. Brilliant. Thank you. Sam. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a rating and review to help others find out about the show. This is a Poddo podcast produced by Nick Hilton in association with Cornell.